Yo, what's going on, y'all, man? It's uh, comedian Jay Bliss. Welcome in for tuning in to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast, man. I know it's been a minute, but, hey, I feel like podcasting, man, so we're going to get back into it, man. A lot of topics since the last podcast, man. I'm on here solo today, rolling dolo from state to state, yeah. So uh, by myself today, man, no guest. Uh, been doing a lot of road gigs, man. Been having a good time. Um, shout out to the couple of cities that I've been through since the last time I was podcasting, man, I gotta give these these cities a shout out real quick. Um, let me see. I was in uh Greenville, South Carolina, shout out to them. Uh Charleston yeah, Charleston, South Carolina, give a shout out to them. Um Jacksonville, uh North Carolina. Well, you know, I was had that podcast on Jacksonville, I was in Jacksonville, so shout out to them. Um Columbus Funny Bone, Columbus, Ohio, shout out to them. Uh, Stardome, Birmingham, Alabama, one of my favorite clubs to do. Shout out to them. And where else was I? Oh, Albany, New York, man. Shout out to them. Had a good time up there with uh, my boy John Morgan. And um, shout out to Columbia, South Carolina, man. Uh, those were the places I was at over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, had a great time doing those shows. Great audiences. A lot of people finding out what TTBS is all about. Um, great travel. Great time. Long drive to Albany, man. Whew, 11 and a half hour drive, man. Listen, a lot of time to clear your mind, man. You're doing a lot of that driving, man. But I had a good time um, driving up and back, um, relaxing, you know, long, but relaxing. And um, I was able to get up there, man. I think when I was going up there, man, it was uh, cutting close to time. I caught some traffic a couple of times and real bad rainstorms and I know the show started at 7 or 7 o'clock or 7.30, and I was in a mad dash to get up there. Got up there in time, saw John leaving from the hotel to the club by the time I pulled into the parking lot. And uh, I had time to go up there, shower real quick, shave, and um, get dressed and head over to the club. Got over there like 20 minutes before the show started, so it was good to go, but... Um, that's all in timing, man. Proper preparation prevents poor performance, man. The five P's, but I was able to do what I had to do, man. Been having a good time, man. Um, I am, uh, currently off this week. Well, I do have one show. I'll be in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, this Saturday opening and doing an opening, uh, set for Sinbad, uh, which is cool. Um, obviously going to have to do a clean set. Which I don't have a problem with, man, but um, good opportunity to go up here and expose myself to some people that might not know who Jay Bliss is or all about. Um, I also did something on my Instagram yesterday, man, which I thought was very necessary and needed, man, within the comedy industry, man. So comedians, man, got to do a better job of promoting themselves. And sometimes, man, it's just okay to share comedians with your audience. Like if, if I have a small audience, I don't have the huge audience. I don't have like tens of thousands of people following me um even though they should i don't have that many people following me but it's sometimes it's good for me to share some comedians that they might not be familiar with on my page so within my story on instagram what i did was i just posted pictures of some comedians that i have rock with or know or are fans of or just know personally or whatever and i just shared it just shared their their uh their their uh Instagram name so that people can make a decision to check their page out, follow them, do whatever. But, you know, 
you don't know, you know, you don't know if somebody doesn't know who that person is. And if they see that person and they got a chance to see that person when they come to their city, they might be like, you know what? I never heard of this dude. I never heard of this woman. Um, now I'm a fan. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, you just need that little exposure for somebody to be able to see, you know, who's really out here doing work or who's really out here funny. Don't let the media tell you who is funny. That's like the media telling you who's the better candidate or the media telling you who's the better, uh, you know, senator or representative or what's the better movie or what's the better song or what's the better album. Don't, don't let the media tell you that. You know, how many times have you bought an album in your lifetime and then, you know, your favorite song is the one they don't play on the radio? You know, you have to go find these things out for yourself, man. So don't let the media tell you that the only comedians that are funny are the ones that you see on TV. That's just not true. You know, some comedians get an opportunity to be on TV or be able to be spread out to the masses. And you never know that person was hilarious way before they even got discovered. You know what I'm saying? Perfect example. Look at Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish is blowing up right now. You know, blowing up right now. And everybody like, oh, my God, she's so hilarious. Tiffany been hilarious. You know, she been hilarious. Y'all just don't know who to check for. Y'all don't know who's out there and who out here is funny. It's tons of hilarious comedians. But here's the crazy part. You might go to a comedy show, see a hilarious comedian, love a hilarious comedian, but won't share them with everybody else. Will not share them with everybody else. And it's crazy because it's like, why are you not just, you know, why wouldn't you just be the person to be like, listen, I don't know if y'all know this, but y'all need to go check this comedian out. Somebody might be like, who is that? Well, guess what? They got to go find out who they are. And, you know, just put a little hashtag. Thank me later. Thank me later for me putting you on to this already. You know what I mean? Like, how many times have you been on Netflix and you've seen a series that you fell in love with? You was the first one watching, and all of a sudden everybody was talking about, like, man, I've been on that. I've been on that. I'm off that now. You know what I mean? So, you know, give a shout-out to um, comedians that people might not know. Singers, artists, rappers, movies, TV shows, whatever, directors, photographers whatever give them a shout out give them love let people know you know who's out here doing their thing and just give them props you know what i'm saying so i don't know man um i've been at it man um i got some cop topics i'm gonna cover today um some things that uh have happened like i said since the last podcast jay-z came out with a new album jay-z came out with a new album uh 444 it's like um not even a 40 minute album you know what i'm saying he came in with the quick hits was a lot of acclaim, a lot of criticism, a lot of things going on where people either appreciated that they liked it, they didn't like it. The younger crowds, obviously, some of them didn't like it because it's not their style, it's not the mumble rap, things like that. The thing you got to understand is, is Jay-Z in a different space. This man is talking about things that he go through throughout his life and things that he, he's living about. So when you start talking about those type of things, oh my goodness, I got the darn, do you hear that? I got the darn landscapers would start while I'm podcasting. They would start, and then he revved it up extra. Oh, that's that bullshit. All right, so anyway, uh, like I said, Jay-Z came out uh, with a new album, man. He's rocking it out, uh, 444. He's talking about things that is within his space. You know, he's talking about investments. He's talking about things that black people need to do. He's talking about upliftment. He's talking about marriage. He's talking about relationships. He's talking about... Uh, infidelities and things of that nature and raising kids and putting things in place to be able to make yourself right. I swear to God, I think this dude know on podcasting, man, because he revving that joint of extra. Um, and he's talking about those things. 
everybody's making a big deal about it. Oh, man, it's so insightful. It's this, it's that. Okay. But then I had to put a post up, you know, after the album came out. I was like, do y'all not remember five years ago when Nas came out with the album Life is Good? Like, nobody seemed to remember that Nas came out with Life is Good. Life is Good was a background and a, a in-depth discussion of Nas and what happened within his marriage and how his divorce came about and what, you know, transgressions that happened within his relationship and why it failed and all these other things and he talked about some upliftment he had the things about uh, accidental murderers which is one of my favorite cuts of all time accidental murderers with him and rick ross he started talking about the street life and how it wasn't necessary and things of that nature and nobody wasn't doing all that for life is good you know what I'm saying? So we all we walking around like, oh my God, man, you heard what he said, man, it's unbelievable. Nas did it five years ago. Like everybody calm down. Like Nas did it five years ago. So so we 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 soon to forget, you know, how things come about. Is it a great album? Yes, I love the album. I do love the album, but I'm in a different space in my life. So like I say, would I have loved that album if I was twenty five? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I do like it and I do enjoy it. But I'm really, really waiting to hear the uh, the Roots new album. The Roots new album, they got a new project they're working on called Endgame. Can't wait for that to come out. Saw a dope. Um, anybody know me know I'm a huge Roots fan. I'm a huge fan of Black Thought. Um, it's one of my top five MCs, um, arguably, arguably top five MCs. I mean, I can argue black thought with anybody if somebody wanted to argue that point with me if anybody really feels like they want to argue that point with me they can hit me up at blisspodcast at gmail.com if they have a point to argue about black thought not being in the top five i mean you can have your top five but i do have arguing points i saw um a dope video that somebody posted if you actually go probably and search on youtube and look up uh black thought top the argument basically was Black Thought might be the best MC of all time. Now, for entertainment purposes, it's, it's hilarious. Like, for entertainment purposes, it does make you raise the eyebrow. Are there points that argue, like, no, there's no way he's the best? Yes, you can argue that point. But at the end of the video, the guy states, he might be the best MC of all time. But if you said that, he couldn't argue that he wasn't. You understand what I'm saying? So, Obviously, people are going to have like you know, Big, Tupac, Jay-Z, Nas, whoever you want to say. But if somebody was to say Black Thought after looking at that video, it would be hard for you not to say, mm, I can't argue. I can't say he's not. So if you get a chance, go look up that. Look up Black Thought, Best MC Ever or something like that. I think that was the title of it. But he did have some valid points. Uh, breaking down his longevity and what he's done over time and things like that. And if you guys aren't familiar with Black Thought or The Roots, all I got to do is say, just look at some of the catalogs. Just look up Roots' greatest hits and just kind of take a listen. But then, like I said earlier in this podcast, sometimes it's the songs that's not the most popular that might catch you and be like, oh, my God, that's a dope. That's a dope track. That's a dope. That's a dope song. You know, things like that. So, um, yeah, Black Thought is that dude, man. I mean, anytime I just think about that dude, like you think about Webb, you think about the verse that he hit on, um, 
the joint. The verse that he hit on, uh, doing it again, rising up out of the flames like a phoenix, straining and carried the weight of my brain like a genius, knowing I'm sowing seeds, let's see whose thumb is the greenest. If I said it, I mean it, I did it because I need it. Eat it, sleep it, and bleed it, write it down and then read it. Asphalt to the cement, your trash talk deleted. I blast off and lay him out like a tepapedic, it's blacked off. But certain I'm a win officially, this unsung, underrated, underappreciated. The one, those underachievers that underestimated. Finally, I graduated to one of the most hated. Something is so sacred, nobody gonna take it, face it. I keep doing it well, doing it signs and sisters is do it yourself do it in the below the radar be doing the stealth doing it again for mm. Philadelphia. who else we gonna do it again yo i'm telling you right now black thought is officially one of the top mcs of all time i know i just spit that joint, man. that joint is dope though love it um real quick man one more thing i want to talk about uh in the in the oh, oj got out yo oj got parole y'all oj got parole <laughs> got parole for october so october 1st OJ is going to be able to walk, walk out of uh, of prison. Now, he does have some parole stipulations, right? Now, some of those parole stipulations are very simple. You can't hang with another felon, right? You can't hang out with a felon, right? And they have a stipulation in his parole. I think I was reading in one of the articles was um, he can't uh, at any time be over the alcohol limit, right? So they said OJ has alcohol abuse problem, and he denied it, but that's part of his stipulation is parole. So anytime they can get him blow into the breathalyzer, and if he fails that breathalyzer test, he's violating his parole. Okay. Those two things right there, along with anything else that they have within those stipulations, but those two right there are the ones that cause concern to me, right? Because somebody can easily set OJ up and have him hanging with a... Somebody just come over to the house like, oh, we're going to have a little get-together, whatever, people over the house. Somebody bring a felon over with him, and then all of a sudden they snap a picture like... Uh, oh yeah, uh, OJ was out here chilling with this dude over the weekend. This dude is a convicted felon. Violation of parole. Like, come on, man. Like that quick, that dude can get set up. And and like him at his home, even if you at your house with an ankle bracelet on, that don't stop you from having your uh, fifth of jack. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you can get tore down at your house. And if you get tore down at your house, and you drunk, and you get breathalyzed. And then you don't pass. You can go back to prison. I think OJ is going to be OJ and he's going to do something to wind up back in prison. Unfortunately, I just think that's the point that we're at. I mean, he's too popular not to be able to be um, to be seen out in public and to be heckled, if you will, out in public and provoked to do something stupid or say something stupid. I mean, very similar to George Zimmerman. Like he can't stay out of trouble. Like, George Zimmerman has been missing for a minute. Like, you haven't heard anything about George Zimmerman. But I'm pretty sure before the summer's over, something's going to happen. Mark my words. Something's going to happen with it before the summer's over. And we only got, like, one more month left. Before the summer's over, he's going to do something that's going to um, pop back up into the scene. But, I mean, <clears throat> one of the quotes that I was laughing about, I was listening to ESPN a lot, man, is uh, Stephen A. Smith was arguing a point one time about he would have won the case if he was the lawyer with the OJ case and he would have won that case with all the evidence that Marsha Clark and uh an old boy had. Now here's the crazy part, uh Chris Darton. Chris Darton and Marsha Clark, he's like, if all the evidence they would have had, I would have won that case. Now everybody knows Stephen A is, is arrogant. He ain't not a lawyer, so I don't even understand why he's arguing that he would have won that case. Here's the reason why OJ got off, right? There's only one reason why OJ got off. OJ got off because there was a reasonable doubt. A reasonable 
doubt. Reasonable doubt is only this. Yeah, there's evidence that's showing that OJ did it, right? The evidence points at OJ that OJ did it. When you think about who could have done it, the first person you think of is OJ Simpson, right? There was blood in the truck. There was a glove found. All these things are pointing to OJ Simpson, right? But reasonable doubt means is, is there anything that creeps in your mind at any point within all of this arguing that you might say, but he might not have? Are you sure that he did it? Could it be somebody else? Or are you sure without 100% of it, within 100% of any doubt that he did it? Are you certain? And if there's any doubt, any doubt whatsoever, even 1%, if there's a doubt, then you got to let him go. Reasonable doubt. So reasonably, there's a little bit of a doubt that it might not have been him. And if you have that at any point within the case, you get off. That's all it is. Reasonable doubt. So Stephen A., even though you said you were the one with all the evidence they did, they had all the evidence that they had. And yet, there was still a reasonable doubt that he might not have did it. And even to this, even to this day, even though we might think within our minds, and I know Dave Chappelle had the joke when he was like, ah, my blackness won't allow me to admit that. That's funny. But listen, even if we know we had the evidence, right? If somebody had to be like, all right, um, we had to bet any amount of money, right? You bet $100, you can win a million if you get it right, right? Did he do it or didn't he do it? If I had $100, I'm betting $100 that he did it, right? Because there's more evidence that he did it rather than the evidence that he didn't, right? But what I'm saying is, is, the evidence points that he probably did it, probably did it, right? But there's a there's like one little small instance we'd be like, oh, he he might not have, and it's just it's just that simple. You know, would you bet all your money, not a hundred dollars, but everything you own? Would you bet everything you own that he did it? I bet you wouldn't, and the reason why is because mm, there's a reasonable doubt. Right. If you took all your possessions, everything you owned in life, and put everything on it and say, hey, I'm either going to double my money or I'm going to lose everything, but I believe I'm going to double my money because I believe he did it. Are you willing to take that chance? I bet you wouldn't, and that means reasonable doubt, and that's what it is. You got a reasonable doubt that he might not have done it, and that's where it is, and that's why he got off, period, end of story. But OJ gonna be OJ. OJ gonna do a OJ. OJ gonna get out of OJ can't get out of OJ's way. And just like Jay Z say, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Nah, I'm gonna just start spelling, I'm gonna start yelling that out uh in public. I'm gonna just start yelling it out, maybe on stage in the middle of my set, just in the middle of a joke, everybody gonna be laughing. I'm just gonna yell out, I am not black, I'm OJ. Watch the crowd get uncomfortable, watch the white people get mad. It's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. I don't understand why people get mad about that. I mean, I understand why you would get mad over that, especially if he did it. Especially if he did it. This man is walking around free and um, jealousy caused two people to get murdered. You know what I mean? And that's an ugly thing. I really wish somebody would just come out and confess. Even if it's him, I wish that somebody would come out and confess. Even if he came out and confessed now, I don't think he can go back to jail though. I think if he confessed, he couldn't go back to jail, but his life would be in danger because it would probably be a lot of people out there trying to um, exact some type of revenge for him, for, for uh, Ron and Nicole losing their life. But uh, 
you know, I'm part of y'all. Like, don't don't y'all wish y'all had like a like a Marty McFly machine, you know, like Back to the Future, and you can go back to that date and just go chill out at Rockingham and just see if the white Bronco pull up. And when OJ got out the car, you'd be like, yo, OJ, don't do it, man. Don't even don't even be tripping. Or you see Ron Goldman walking down the street, and you'd be like, yo, dude, don't even do it. Don't even go over there. Just throw the wallet over the fence and just keep it moving. Don't don't go up in that in that fence, you know. Because I think that was the story. She left some, her mom left some gloves or a wallet at the restaurant or something, and Ron was over there returning, and he got stabbed up because of that. I just kind of wish, everybody kind of wished those things. Like, what, what events would you go back to? If you had a time machine, like, would you go out to the balcony to save Martin Luther King? Would you tell John F. Kennedy not to travel down that road in the, uh, in a convertible? Right. Like, w- would you go back and uh, and uh, warn everybody about the buildings in 9-11? Would you stand in front of the building and tell everybody not to go upstairs that morning and be like, yo, these planes are about to hit the building? Like, what type of things would you would you go back and change? And if you change those events, like, what would happen in life? Like, what actually would happen? How would things be different? You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 what could you really, what would you really want to go back and change? I mean, that, that's, that's a crazy thought. Like, what could you go back and change in life? What would you go back, what would you go back and change about your life? You know what I'm saying? Like, my whole thing is, this is a lot of crazy stuff that would happen. Like, I got divorced. Like, would I go back and try to fix my marriage or would I go back and not get married? Like, if I go back and not get married, that means I probably wouldn't have my daughters. And that right there wouldn't, wouldn't make me happy at all. I mean, I would probably be very miserable. Half my material would be going out of my comedy sets. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't, um, I would just think that it would be a, um, I just think it would be, people think about things that they would change in the future or change in the past to be able to live their life differently. But I just don't think that I would be ultimately happy if um if things 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 went the way they were supposed to go in my life and like I said um although you know I got married I got divorced and but I still got my daughters so like that makes me happy you know what I'm saying where would I be in my comedy career would I want my comedy career to be further than what it is I don't know I mean if it was further would I still be happy I mean would I be as happy as I am right now would I be more miserable would I be strung out on some alcohol or drugs like what like, like what would happen like what would be different they're like oh if you change this this is what's gonna happen if you change that you ain't gonna be here no more like like there's a whole lot of things you got to look into um you know what would change the aspect of things you know if you go around it and it, it made changes I'm, I'm rambling but you know y'all get my point y'all know what i'm talking about so uh the other thing i want to talk about like i said I, I do listen to um i'm on the road a lot drive a lot so i do listen to uh espn quite a bit there's some things that's going on at ESPN that I got to kind of bring up, right? So I personally have a problem with some of these things, okay? Now, what I will tell you about ESPN, there are a lot of people on ESPN that I do not like, right? There are a lot of uh, personalities that I wish they would get rid of. They had a whole bunch of layoffs, and I wasn't seeing the names that I felt like they need to get rid of, right? Now, I'm going to voice my opinions, and these are my opinions and my opinions only. If you don't follow ESPN, that's fine, okay? But listen, let me explain something to y'all. There are some people that I do not like on ESPN. One in particular, all right, and I'm not saying he's the person I hate the worst or, or hate the most, but just I just don't like him. Merle Hodge. I don't like Merle Hodge. Never liked Merle Hodge. He's a homer. He only talks about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, one thing in particular, I'm a big Eagles fan. And any opportunity he has, he always shits on the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't stand him 
Number one, for that reason. But the dude shits on them. If you don't believe what I'm saying, every week where they do the little uh, prognostication of uh, of who they going to pick or who going to win the games and things like this, they do pick against the Eagles uh, 90% of the time. I don't care if they playing the damn uh, the Jets. He going to pick the Jets. Go back and look last year when the Jets was horrible, and he picked the Jets over the Eagles. It could be preseason. He'll pick the Jets over the Eagles. Like, this dude is a hater. Hate that dude. Do not like Merrill Hodge at all. I hate his big-ass fat tie that he wear. I hate the way he talk about going up the alley. I hate all the dumb stuff he talk about. And everything he talks about goes right back around to the Philadelphia, I mean, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because he a homer. He's a homer. Hate him. I don't like Mark Schlereth. I think he's a waste of energy and time. And if I get here but one more time about the story about him having to pee on himself or him peeing on himself during the game, I'm going to get tired of it. Like, dude, like I've heard that story, I don't know, 40 times maybe, and you're still talking about it on air. I don't care how many times you get on TV, you got to tell the story about you peeing on yourself or the radio. They got rid of Chris Carter. I don't know why. I think Chris Carter was doing a good job. Those are two people. They got. They did get rid of Trent Dilfer. I'm glad they got rid of Trent Dilfer because he was whack. They got. I got. I got tired of him. There are other people that I don't like. Now, the reason why I'm bringing the ESPN thing up is because Mike and Mike, which is their morning show, is disbanding. So they're getting rid of it. Like Mike Greenberg, Mike Golick are no longer going to be together on Mike and Mike. Right? They're getting rid of it. The reason why they're getting rid of it is because Mike Greenberg wants to do his own show. He wants to branch off and do his own thing and not be and be without Mike Golick. Now, here's my thing. Mike Greenberg wants to do his own morning show. Now, what they're going to do with Mike Golick is Mike Golick and his son, Mike Golick Jr., nepotism. Only reason his son got a job up at ESPN is because of who his dad was. Now, don't get me wrong. His, his son is not bad. His son is not terrible. I mean, his son reminds me of uh, uh, Ryan Rossillo. Like, you know, um, you know, he does have good points and things of that nature, but you would not have that job if it wasn't for your dad. So it's just straight nepotism. So it'll be Mike Golick, Mike Golick Jr., and Trey Ringo, Ringo right, and on a show uh, on ESPN2. I, I think they didn't move them off of <laughs> – I think them, they didn't kick them over to the back burner. But here's the crazy part. I don't like that show, right? I don't like the show because um, I don't like Trey Wingo. Like, Trey Wingo tries too hard to be funny. And every joke that he tries doesn't work. Like, if you listen to Trey Wingo, next time you listen to Trey Wingo and Mike Golick on the, on the air together, every joke that Trey Wingo tries is not funny. Like, it is so bad. Like, you always knew somebody in life that tried to be funny that just wasn't naturally funny. Like, you know somebody about that person in their life. Like, you can think of somebody right now in your head. You'd be like, you know what? Every time that dude tries a joke, it's trash. Like, and, and it's so funny because he tries so hard. And every time it fails, I mean, every time this thing hit the dirt, like, nobody laughs. Then he keeps trying harder. And I'd be like, dude, you are so horrible. Don't like him. His personality is so corny. He's just a cornball. And so I don't like Trey Wingo, and I just don't think the dynamic works. And I think ultimately it's going to hurt my Golic. I think ultimately it's going to hurt his son. And I just think ultimately they're just going to fade out. Both of them going to fade out. They ain't going to be with ESPN long. The other thing is, and it's all Mike Greenberg's fight. Mike Greenberg, Mike Greenberg, Greeny, or whoever he goes by, thinks he's way more important than what he is. He does a great job. Do not get me wrong. He does a great job at the reads. He does a great job 
at discussions. He does a great job as far as vocabulary and how to bring a point across. Reminds you of Bob Costas or something like that, right? But him carrying the weight of a show by himself, nah, dude, ain't nobody that interested in you. Nobody's that interested in you. The reason why you are as popular as you are is because you talk every single morning with a former or former athletes. Former athletes are what drives ESPN. Former athletes are what people want to hear from. Former athletes, people that played the game, people that was on the field, people that was in the locker room, understand, and that's who we want to hear from. I don't want to hear you ramble about what you think. I don't want to hear you ramble about what your opinion is. The only reason you get to do what you want to do is because you're a great moderator. You can moderate a discussion between athletes. You can steer a, a conversation in the direction and what the people want to hear about mm -hmm. things that athletes are talking about. You aren't the show. You aren't why people are tuning in. You aren't the the talent by which people go, oh, my God, this dude is the greatest. I got to find out what Mike Greenberg thinks. Nah, man. No. You, you smelling yourself way too much, dude. And I think it's going to be a big, giant failure. A big, giant failure. Let me tell you who the talent is on ESPN. Dan Lebitard, talent, ESPN, show concept, dope. The dude does not necessarily talk about sports on his show. He will talk about anything but sports for a whole three hours if need be. And it doesn't matter to him. He does not care. He does not care. Bomani Jones, superstar. Superstar of ESPN. And the more they put him on, the more people are going to tune in. Bomani Jones could be bigger than Stuart Scott. Straight up. This man, any point that he makes, I guarantee you his point is way more valid than almost any athlete on ESPN. Just listen to Bomani Jones or watch him when he's on TV. The dude makes great points. He's collected when he thinks and makes his thoughts. He don't just spur off at the mouth and just make some outlandish statement without thinking it through like a Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith just make comments and just be like, you be sitting there like, What? Like, you just go back and go, no, this dude didn't just say that. Look how many times Stephen A. Smith been caught up in controversy and everybody and called him cooning or called him out of, out of character or saying things that he ain't got no business saying. Sometimes he say stuff just to get a reaction, you know what I'm saying? But you're not going to get that from Bomani. Like, Bomani might make an outrageous statement, but he got arguments to back out what he's saying and is valid when he says it. He's not saying that out of emotion. He don't be, do the big whole yelling and, 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 and screaming matches like a Stephen A. Smith. This dude is laid back every single time, and he just make his point. Don't ever raise his voice. The dude is smooth. And, yo, more Bomani Jones on ESPN, I'm telling you right now. Bomani Jones is like the black uh, uh, Scott Van Pelt. Straight up. Scott Van Pelt, very smart. Scott Van Pelt basically took over for Keith Olbermann's spot. Keith Olbermann, Olbermann, Olbermann was a dude that was very intelligent and very uh, calculated with his uh, conversations and things like that, but he was more from a political standpoint. Uh, Scott Van Pelt, the cool thing about Scott Van Pelt, very intelligent dude, but the dude know hip-hop, and the dude's from a hip-hop culture, so he'd be like correlating hip-hop to sports and everything like that, and he a cool white dude. That dude just cool, man. I'm going to tell you right now, if they had Scott Van Pelt and Bomani Jones on the same show, oh, my God, ratings would go through the roof. That would be a better job at the six than um than um uh, Michael and uh, and Jamel. Michael and Jamel, don't get me wrong. I, I, 
I like their dynamic. I like the his and hers podcast. I like when they were together. But the sixth thing ain't working. Like, they trying way too hard. Like, they trying way too hard. It's too gimmicky. And uh, I think ultimately they're going to move them out of that spot, but they're going to find somewhere for them to go. But I just don't think the six works, man. I just – it's too gimmicky. Like, you know what I'm saying? They do a good job, but it's just too gimmicky. I think people forgot about the time. Do y'all forget y'all, y'all forget when they first had their show? It was uh, Mike – it was Michael Smith, Jamel Hill, and Hugh Douglas. Hugh Douglas used to be on with them. And they all went to, like, the National Black um, Journalist Convention or whatever – and Hugh Douglas and Michael Smith got into an argument. And Hugh Douglas threatened Michael Smith and told me he was going to beat his ass and called him gay and all this other stuff. And they almost got into a fight. And then Hugh Douglas got fired. Uh, y'all probably don't even remember that. But, yeah, that's some old sports-type John where my man uh, Hugh must have uh, had some CTE issues and had some flashbacks and went crazy on old boy. It was a whole situation about him not being able to get into some type of event or wasn't up on stage. It was something crazy like that. I go back and read the article. But, yeah, he straight up got fired and threatened that dude like, I'll beat your punk ass, like one of them type jokes in front of everybody. Straight up, just jealousy, man. You see, you know, we always going to tear each other down, man. Just ridiculousness, man. Just ridiculousness. But, yeah, man, so, um, yeah, I remember that. Y'all got to go back and research that, man. But, yeah, that's just my ESPN rant. But I don't. I think that, uh, I think it happens in, like, you know, October or something like that. Mike Greenberg going to fail. It's going to be a fail. Y'all heard it from me first. It's going to be a fail. Mike Golick, Mike Golick Jr., eventually they're going to fade out. And uh, Mike Golick is probably just going to be not with ESPN no more. I did, This was his bread and butter. Mike and Mike was his bread and butter. And uh, Mike Greenberg going off on the uh, on the on the tail end and doing his own thing, I think it's selfish. I think uh, he's smelling himself too much. I think he's um, believing that he's way more important than he is. And I just think he's gonna ultimately fail without Mike Golick. I just that's just my belief. That's just what I think it is. And um, there's also some side stories going on that Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick aren't getting along anymore. And um, if you listen to the radio, a lot of times they're not even on together anymore. So every time, like every week, every week something start. You'll see a special guest on. Like I think within the last month, I think I've only heard them on the radio together maybe four times, straight up. So, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see that. And um, what else, man? Oh, listen, another transition over to the other thing. Uh, R. Kelly, y'all, what the hell is going on with y'all? Like, I'm not surprised anymore. Like, so the story came out about R. Kelly. Apparently, he got some type of cult of uh, young women, Aaliyah's age women. You know, y'all remember when he was married to Aaliyah and Aaliyah. He hooked up with Aaliyah when she was like 15. Um, this all goes to the parents, though. These are parents' problems. These are parent issues. Like, if my daughters are nine, right? I'd be damned. I don't care if they were the best singers of all time. My daughter was 15, 16 years old. I don't care if Chris Brown, R. Kelly, whoever, man, John Mayer, whoever was like, yo, your daughters are excellent, man. I'm going to make them big superstars, man. They just got to go on the road with me. You mean we going on the road with you? Yeah, you mean me? Like the father, their mother? Like somebody's going with them. Like you're not going nowhere. Oh, no, they, no, they going to go alone. No, they not. No, my kid. I don't care if they was 18. Nuh-uh. No, they not. I already know what happens in these type of situations. Look what happened to the Olsen twins. Look how they strung out. Little kid superstars get introduced to drugs all early environments they didn't got no business in and then they talk about well my daughter ain't talked to her all this time and he promised to this he promised to that y'all was looking at that fat check 
And y'all keep hyping up R. Kelly. Everybody talking about all oh, his songs, man. His songs is what got it going on. His songs this, his songs that. This is a perfect example, and it basically a great segue into another point of R. Kelly, right? His talent supersedes his sins. His talent supersedes his sins. Like, y'all look past the fact that this dude has a history, right? And was accused and on tape of peeing, peeing, pissing on an underage girl. And y'all still selling out his shows. I don't get it, right? Selling out his shows. But y'all boo Bill Cosby, right? He's a monster, right? Because he apparently, allegedly, raped all these women, right? But y'all booing him at his shows. Y'all booing Bill Cosby. Y'all won't play the Cosby show, right? My whole thing is, is look at the evidence. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Bill Cosby didn't do it. Let's go on back to the beginning of the podcast. Is there a reasonable doubt that he might not have? Was it consensual? Is it a possibility that some of these cases, not all of them, but some of them was consensual? Did he rape or was it a consent? That's the question. Is there a reasonable doubt? There ain't no reasonable doubt that R. Kelly pissed on that little girl. That ain't no reasonable doubt at all. He pissed on that little girl. He was on video doing it. It was him. Straight up. Did I see it? I'm not saying whether I saw it or whether I didn't say it. I'm just saying it was him. All right? I might have seen a still shot. Okay? Plausible deniability. All right. So, listen. All I'm saying is talent supersedes his sins. And that's why y'all keep buying it. If y'all stop buying his album, stop going to his concerts. But you know what? R. Kelly come to town, y'all buying the tickets. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. Y'all are the problem. Y'all are the problem. Y'all quick to not to support somebody. Now, if R. Kelly came out and said something like he support Trump, oh, y'all automatically don't like R. Kelly no more. But this right here, y'all okay with this. That's crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy to me, man. Which goes on to another point that I got to bring up. Colin Kaepernick, right? Everybody's sitting here talking about they boycott the NFL. Boycott the NFL. You got to boycott the NFL. Colin Kaepernick don't got a job. You got to boycott the NFL. Colin Kaepernick knelt down during the Pledge of Allegiance. He knelt down at the Pledge of Allegiance because he made a stand on the fact that he felt like black people were being mistreated by the police officers in the United States of America. Now, is that fact? Yes, there are cases that black people are being mistreated by some racist cops in America. Now, are all cops bad? No. Are the cops policing themselves? No. So the cops get on society about us saying, don't snitch, right? Stop being a snitch. Don't snitch. Don't tell. Don't help the police capture people. Stop snitching. Snitches get stitches, right? But yet the cops are not turning around and snitching on their own. Well, you know you're working with a dirty cop. You're working with somebody that got a bad attitude towards a certain race of people, whether they be black, Latino, Indian, whatever, and you know you're dealing with this dude on an regular basis, and this motherfucker is out here doing all type of shit to people, and you're not reporting them. You bad. You just as bad, and you need to go to jail too. So Colin Kaepernick was just kneeling to bring awareness. Now, 
there are two points that I'm going to bring up about Colin Kaepernick, right? Colin Kaepernick did this at a time when he wasn't relevant enough to be able to warrant him doing it and not getting any repercussions of him doing it. However, if it had been somebody different that had knelt down, what if it was Aaron Rodgers that knelt down? What if it was Tom Brady that knelt down? And they said, why are you kneeling down? And he was like, yo, I'm getting sick and tired of the injustices of these police officers when it comes to minorities in the United States of America. And I think everybody should be treated equally. If it had been Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady that had did that kneeling, right? The protest would have been there, but it wouldn't have been as visceral. It really wouldn't have been as visceral, okay? But you got Colin Kaepernick, who at that point was a backup quarterback, who was kneeling doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Eventually, he moved into his starting role, right? But his talent didn't supersede, not the sins, his talent didn't supersede, supersede the controversy, right? So here's my point. If Colin Kaepernick was one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, we would not be having this discussion about him not having a job, okay? I'm going to give you an example. Adrian Peterson still has a job in the NFL, Adrian Peterson horsewhipped his kids with a switch. His four-year-old, three-year-old son with a switch till it was welts and skin torn off his body, right? Right? Old slave type whipping, right? Gave him a whooping. They suspended him, but he has a job. His talent superseded his controversy. Michael Vick went to prison, for 18 months for killing dogs and fighting dogs and got out and got a job because his talent superseded his controversy. We can deal with the controversy because the dude can win us some games. That's what matters. They not, they, it's not that he don't have a job because he knelt. He don't have a job because the controversy surrounding what he did his talent doesn't supersede the controversy. See, the team is all about winning games, right? They're all about winning games. If Colin Kaepernick is a backup quarterback, why deal with the media frenzy or some upset fans or some people talking shit in your stadiums, right? If all he's doing is backing up and he ain't winning you no games. If it was all about winning you games, it wouldn't even be no problem. Look at Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy threw his woman on a bed full of guns threatened her, choked her out. She basically got paid off not to say nothing, and he still got a job. Because this dude had led the league in sacks the year before. His talent superseded his controversy. Ben Roethlisberger raped three women, allegedly. Three of them. This dude's still starting. Now, if he had been a backup, they were like, bye, Ben. Bye, Felicia. You got to roll. You got to be out. Perfect example, uh, Lucky, Lucky, whatever his name is, the dude in uh, Dallas. They claim he shoplifted in Virginia, right? Apparently mistaken identity. He wasn't in Virginia. Somebody gave Lucky's name and his social security number and all this other stuff. Arrest record was filed. They came out and said, oh, we made a mistake. Too late. Dallas Cowboys released him because his talent didn't supersede his controversy. Look at Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott got in trouble for domestic violence, right? Was speeding, right? In trouble for that. And this dude just punched the DJ at a party. Did he get suspended? Did they let him go? No, because his talent superseded 
his controversy. So all y'all people talking about boycotting the NFL because Colin Kaepernick don't have a job, Colin Kaepernick don't have a job because his talent doesn't supersede the controversy. It don't got nothing to do with blackballing. It don't have nothing to do with race. It don't have nothing to do with anything. The only thing is, is they don't want to deal with the headache of the media bullshit, right? That comes along with him being on the team and he ain't winning, you know, games. Michael Sams, another example. Michael Sams was gay. He got picked up. They had a little media circus for the time being. But when they realized this dude wasn't going to win them no games, bye, Felicia. Because it's not worth it. It's not worth the media attention. It's not worth it. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Is his talent worth the controversy? No. Guess where he at? Sitting at home. The media is going to bring a circus. Your sales is going to be affected. Is the headache worth it to win games? T.O. was a big headache. Media circus. But he was winning them games. You winning games? We can deal with that. We can deal with that on the back end. Cash these checks. Get these ticket sales up. Sell these jerseys. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I understand everything Colin doing. I stand for everything he's doing. Everything he's doing is right. But he's in a wrong position to make that stand. Because he's not a starting quarterback. You know who could make that stand? Cam Newton. If Cam Newton did what Colin Kaepernick did right now, which we know he won't, he more involved with dressing up like uh, Colonel Sanders and Captain Crunch. He more concerned about dressing up like that. But if he took the stand that Colin Kaepernick did right now, you think the Carolina Panthers are going to cut him? Hell no. Jameis Winston, if he did what Colin Kaepernick did right now, you think the Bucs is cutting him? Hell no. What other black quarterbacks we got in the league that I can name that's starting right now? Russell Wilson, if he did what he did in Seattle right now, you think they cutting him? Hell no. You think they going to care? Nope. He will. They will all keep, all them black quarterbacks right now will keep their job if they did it. Look at Le'Veon Bell best running back in the league. If he kneeled right now, do you think they would get rid of him? No. But I guarantee you all them owners that had conversations with all people that I just named and said, look, man, we know you might feel the same way that Colin Kaepernick did, but please don't do this. Please don't do this because you're going to end up hurting our pockets. And what they doing, they taking a company line and they doing what they're supposed to do and they playing a good good Negro role. That's what they're doing. And I'm going to tell you right now, if any one of them did the kneel right now, they would. the team would stand behind them. But would they cut them? Hell no. They ain't cutting them. Because their talent supersedes the controversy. That's all this Colin Kaepernick thing has to do with. Does the talent supersede the controversy? It don't. They don't want to deal with the headache and he ain't worth the headache. That's all it has to deal with. Now, <coughs> excuse me, I will tell you this. This is this is the last point I'm going to make about it. If a team has an issue and they lose two quarterbacks and they don't have any choice and they gotta they need a backup quarterback or they need a starting quarterback, Colin Kaepernick will get picked up. And then all the media is going to be saying is, why didn't you pick him up earlier? 
And like, we didn't have a need for them. And they'd be like, well, do you have a problem with the controversy? Not at all. And they're going to be like, well, do you think uh, the media is going to care? They're going to be like this. We're trying to win games. We think Colin Kaepernick is a great talent. He understands the system. He's a great quarterback. Gets rid of the ball fast. All the good stuff that you want to want to hear. He's a he's a workhorse in the in the in the uh, in the game. He's studying game film. He's a beast in the uh, weight room. Like all those things. Think about his high motor. All that good stuff. They're gonna be talking all that good stuff right now. Ain't worth it. All the backroom conversation right now. What about Colin Kaepernick? No, it's not worth the headache. Sorry, we're not doing it. But when when training camp start and a couple of them ACLs get torn, yep. They're going to be calling Colin Kaepernick. They're going to be like, yo, Colin, what up, though? What up, my nigga? That's what they're going to be saying. That's, that's exactly what they're going to be saying. So, you know, y'all, listen, mark my words. And what I said is truth, 100% truth. Y'all just got to understand what it is, man. Um, Yeah, so going on to, uh, I'm about to wind this up in a little bit, man. Um, I'm going to try to bring this back out, man, this, uh, this podcast. Uh, real quick before I do wrap this up, though, I want to tell y'all that um, y'all can send in comments, criticisms, questions, ideas, things like that to blisspodcast at gmail.com. Blisspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, my social media stuff. If you always follow me, just turn in hashtag TTBS anywhere on social media, you'll be able to find me on Facebook. I have a fan page. Okay. Do not send a request to my regular page, send it to my fan page. Go to my fan page, press like. You will find everything that you need to find out about me on that page. Anything personal is my personal page. That's personal information, and I keep that personal. Fan page is for comedy stuff. All comedy stuff, all comedy credentials, everything shows, updates, things that's going on. All of that stuff goes on there. So go on there, talk shit, whatever. I will be bringing Black Jeopardy back. I've been busy. I've been doing a lot of different things, and it will be coming back soon. So I will be bringing Black Jeopardy back. And I'm not going to make any excuses as to why I haven't been doing Black Jeopardy, but it is coming back. So get ready for Black Jeopardy. Tuesday nights, usually around 9 or 9.30. Uh, but it will be coming back, and I will do have a lot of fun with that. And uh, I want to give a stupid, 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 stupid shout-out. A stupid shout-out to everybody that showed up to my birthday bash in July, on July 12th, at the Comedy Zone. My birthday was July 11th. The birthday bash was off the chain. I got nothing but love from everybody that came out to the show. Your boy put up four headliners. Four headliners hit the show, hit the stage for one night. Shout out to Ronnie Jordan. Shout out to Burby. Shout out to DS. All right. Uh, shout out to Marvin Hunter, who wasn't able to make it. My man was doing some big things that day. Had a taping that's going to be on TV. So shout out to Marvin Hunter. And he will be at the next show that I do. Uh, but shout out to everybody that came through. Y'all came through for your boy. I know I made a big deal about it. I was like basically telling people, cussing people out, don't wish me a happy birthday and you always ass ain't buying no tickets for uh, Wednesday. And uh, people came out. It was a nice show. And, uh, shout out to the Comedy Zone for letting me get the venue. Um, and like I said, shout out to everybody that came out, man. It was a good time. Everybody said it was probably one of the best shows they saw. Uh, my instruction to every single comedian that hit that stage was do not give them a chance to breathe. And they followed through with that. Uh, Burpee killed that bad boy in the beginning. Uh, I went out there and did some new material. Uh, Burpee went up after me. After that, DS went on. And DS was basically holding the stage still until Ronnie, who was driving from Atlanta starting at 5 o'clock. And everybody <laughs> know that drive in Atlanta. Um, he was basically trying to get out of that traffic and get to Charlotte. And I told him, as long as you get to Charlotte before 9 o'clock, you are good. So he didn't really get 
to Charlotte until 9.24 or 9.25. So we was already running over on the show. And uh, when he hit this, he got to, got to the room, we basically lit DS and told DS, yo, man, you got to get off. DS was like, I got time for one more joke. We was like, not really, but go ahead. So, you know, <laughs> so DS went on. And um, people stayed, man. So Ronnie went up there, and I told him to hit him with a hot 25. And uh, he went out there and killed it, man. And, um, man, the show was dope, man. It was just a good time. And then um, I really couldn't even celebrate it like I wanted to because I had to hit the road and drive up to Albany the next day. But um, it was a good time, good good effort, man. Great, great time, man. Um, I was also, man, I also got a chance to go to that um, that big three, big three, three-on-three. Uh, and that was, you know, listen, so the one thing I would tell you about the big three, <clears throat> it's dope. It's a dope concept, but they need more talent. They need better talent. Um, I was surprised as hell when I saw Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf out there. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and Katino Mobley. Like, them dudes is old. Like, them dudes, like, Katino got an all-white goatee. Like, all gray. You know what I mean? And and they was out there balling. And Iverson, you know, obviously he's the biggest draw there. So a lot of people was there to see Iverson. But, but he's basically there to bring the crowd. You know what I'm saying? He's basically there to bring the crowd. He wasn't really interested in scoring and, and being in there. You know what I mean? And he got a dope squad. But the Killer Threes is probably the best squad. That's the one with Steven Jackson, Chauncey Billups. They got a dope squad, man. But um, they ended up losing like two games. Like I saw like the last two, the first two weeks so they had it or whatever. I think they lost both of their games. But they got, like, one, probably the most talented squad, but they just been losing their games. But I think it's a dope concept. I just think that um, they need a better talent pool, and I don't know where they're going to get that from. I don't know if they need to get, like, some of the college players that didn't make it to the NBA to be the mainstay or the main focus within those uh, teams um, and then mm-hmm. former NBA players and things of that nature. But um, I don't know about the old dudes. Like, the old dudes is – I don't know. I mean – it did bring some some memories back and things like that. Like, oh, man, I remember that dude. Or, you know what I'm saying? Because they, they were naming some dudes, and I'm like, yo, I forgot about that dude. You know what I mean? Like, it's like one of those. But then it's like people that you would expect to be in it, but they ain't. Like, I would expect Steve Francis to be in it, but he not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would expect, like, Vince Carter to join, like, but he's not. Tracy McGrady, I would expect him to be in it, but he not. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain people I expect to be in it, but they not. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, Anthony Hardaway, I would love to see in it. But, you know, I mean, them dudes is too old right now. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they're just not something that they want to do. But it was a dope concept, man. I had a good time mm-hmm. um, going to it, man. Had a lot of fun. Um, so, um, everything else has been going good, man. Um, I'm going to end this podcast pretty soon. And um, like I said before, hit me up at blisspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for letting me rant for the last uh, 50 or so minutes, man. I appreciate uh, y'all tuning in and downloading the podcast and share this podcast, if you will, man. Um, and like I said, one more time, blisspodcast at gmail.com. Y'all hit me up on the podcast, man. I will be back on this bad boy sooner than you think to bring out another episode. And thank y'all for tuning in to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast, man. Shout out to y'all. Man, my schedule is like really wide open in August, which is crazy. And I'm going to try to get some dates for August, man. I know I'm going to be in Miami for like a corporate gig at the beginning of August. And then I'm really going to try to fill my schedule up. In September, I start doing my college tour. So the college tour is September, October, November, mm-hmm. a lot of college dates. So I'll be hitting those up, and then I'll start hitting the comedy clubs back up um, towards October and November. So, yeah, man, um, y'all look out for me, man. Uh, anybody in Winston-Salem, y'all check me out this Saturday, open it up for Sinbad. 
and then um, I'll be hitting up the uh, North Carolina's Funniest Person competition tonight and hopefully make it to the finals and go ahead and try to win that thing. So, yo, man, shout out to y'all, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to Blitz is Ignorant, and uh, peace.